welcome to Beyond Beckdale, the podcast about film and feminism. I'm your host, Contrera. back here for the second of our pandemic pods. This is episode two of the Emergency Pandemic Podcast episodes. Hi Nick. Hello. So moving now to the pandemic, actual virusy kind of pandemics, given as these are the times that we're in and what we can learn from them yeah <laughs> excuse me um you, know, you just had too much milky yeah bar. that wasn't coronavirus that was <laughs> me eating a slab of milky bar I just love milky bar it's just great um, sorry apologies from the milky way to the milky bar yeah um uh talking about spacey thing okay so the these i'm having a look at the list here that we discussed talking about here and there's a lot of, there seem to be two different types. I think you can actually break it down into two different types. Mm-hmm. Which is, uh, three, if you talk about something coming from alien as well, but like viruses, some kind of unnatural germy thing. Um, uh, well, they're all kind of that, uh, which can go one of both ways, one of two ways. It can go either you will get sick and die or you turn into zombies. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I wanted to see whether we could maybe do this in reverse chronological order. The the film I actually wanted to talk about first is the Andromeda strain. Yeah. Where, because that's the the, 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 uh, oldest film I can remember. Yeah, 70s, was it? Watching. Early 70s. I always thought it was earlier than that, so. I'm going to say early 70s, Andromeda strain. 1971, very early 70s. And um, in that film, how I understand it is um, some people have all died in a random town, which is kind of in the middle of Nevada or somewhere where it's very, yes, very deserty. And it's because something lands there just before they all die. And then the... I don't know what they are. They're not NASA, but the are they FBI? The FBI agents. It would be it would be the if it was the modern day, it would be the CDC in America, I suppose. But yeah, so some kind of contamination experts get to the town and they discover that there are two people still alive. And and one is a very old man and the other is a very young child. And the very old man likes his liquor and he likes to make his own moonshine. So um there is a scientific facility nearby which is this amazing building which is like Kubrickian or something because it has levels lower and lower and lower and lower and basically very long story short because it is not a short film um 
various scientists are tasked with looking after this building and this building contains a way is it nuclear a way of stopping germs coming from aliens well, there's a whole set well, of it's, like it's a research facility okay um, but it's got these but it's researching things that are already on earth which are alien well, and which could kill people well, viruses think, yeah, and bacteria indeed i think the idea is that this is this is um, um a shady government emergency agency yes that, that comes into power in the event of some kind of alien viral infection. Yeah, it's like Men in Black, but nowhere near as fun or sexy yeah. or gun-toting. Yeah. They're just in weird lab coats Funny coloured. And jumpsuits. They're in, they're in very primary coloured. Yeah, you yeah. wear a different jumpsuit depending on which level yeah. you are. So much of the film is spent going down levels, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. but I like that. I like that because I think, it, I don't know, it was just interesting because you go through, there's one guy and I think he's called Mark. I want to say his name's Mark. And you're basically following it through his, through his eyes because he understands nothing about this facility. Then what transpires is that the biological germ virus bacteria thing that killed all those people in the town is a tiny, like, infinitesimal part of some... that, that attached itself to some space junk. Is this correct? It's like a tiny, tiny thing Something that felt like that. that came to Earth, and it's like, you know, an atom size, and it's called the Andromeda strain, and it keeps changing to different things because it can breed and it can develop and um, form a resistance, and that's the thing that got within their bloodstream and turned their blood to... A powder. Yes. And they realise this because they, they discover it. It's quite funny. They use these microscopes to discover it on something within the town. And also they do these tests in these like classic 70s like bubble pods um, on the baby and the old man. And they realise that their um, blood has been changed in some way, that it doesn't have the right levels of whatever it is that they're yeah. attacking. Yeah. And that's how they've managed to stay alive. Let me look at the very end. Because it's all to do with three people having this doomsday key. And if they all turn their keys at the same time, then I don't know, the whole research facility disintegrates. Yeah. I think it's that. Yeah. It's, it, it, it implodes. Yeah. And they're debating about whether they need to do it because they're so scared of the Andromeda strain that they think that the way to destroy it would be to nuke themselves. But in the end, they don't do that because something just in time happens. The cliffhanger ending shows Andromeda dissolving in seawater and then forming the number 601, the wildfire computer signal of too much information coming in too fast for the computer to analyze wow so i've started this section with like a really positive film <laughs> so i think it's a fascinating film i like watching it i think it's fun um and it's got this um amazing uh performance from an actress called kate reed who plays one of the scientists and i think originally in the book that it comes from she was played by uh, the character was a man so it's really cool that they had a woman and she's this chain-smoking, like, dropping one-liners character. And so I wanted to mention yeah. that. Um, so the subgenre is sci-fi again? Alien virus. Alien virus. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's uh, it. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's alien virus in the middle of nowhere. Category of one. Yeah. Now, I, think, I think it's probably the film is what it's really about is how how prepared a government would be for this. And, yes. and the, the well, this is nicely. The, yes, insinu the insinuation is that, yeah. uh, you know, the US government would be well prepared because they've got this colour-coordinated facility <laughs> to deal with it. Um, 
So that's the idea. And at one point, they, um, they're doing those experiments and they're wearing those gloves that you wear when you're in the crystal maze. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me, the whole facility is like, I'm sure that's where they, they get, where the crystal yeah. maze came from. Yeah. Those, pl- those rubber gloves where you've got to try and do, except they're trying to like move antimatter or something. I think so. it's designed, designed to affirm a positive reaction to sort of uh, government in all this, that actually they are the ones that can handle it. I think that's the idea anyway. Okay, so the message is, so the characters in it, um, I don't know who directed it. Some man. Some man. Robert Wise. Robert Wise, yeah. He oh, did Sound of Music. He did West Side Story. Oh, yeah. my God. Robert. Yeah, he's a classic Hollywood director. Yeah. Um, this is very different to that, but I suppose it's the mark of a good director. Um, I, I forgot what I was going to say now. So the, mor- the characters. I am interested in the characters in this, even though it's nobody who I recognise because they were actors who were famous or not famous at the time. Um, I am invested in them, actually. I think the film does a really good job of making you interested in these people. Now, in the previous episode of the podcast, we talked about Calm Catastrophe, which was something you kind of alerted me to, which is a um, type of film normally in the 70s and a bit of the 80s, where you have this group of people um, who are surviving some kind of pandemic, apocalyptic event, etc., um, but you know they're going to be okay in the end. And this film does have some people okay in the end and has the whole of humanity all right in the end because God knows how far that nuke would would go. Um, but, um, yes, the moral here, the lesson to be learned is governments are prepared yeah. for Trust this. Trust your government oh my God. all times. Okay, so maybe we should throw, they can the, handle throw this film out. Um well, yeah. I, th- I think I think if you if you're governments have considered this, yeah, whether they're prepared enough. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I, it's designed to look as though yes, don't worry, if something like this happens, we've got all the facilities to handle it, and we'll know exactly what to do. Um, I don't know if that's really true. Probably isn't true, but there you are. Okay, uh, that's nice. Um, <laughs> I'm happy. So, do you want to ne- take the next one? Which is... You mentioned Stephen King's The Stand. Mm, same is there sort a movie of this? TV movie. Right. Um, but there's probably going to be, isn't there, isn't, aren't they filming? They're filming something maybe, right now. Maybe, maybe. Maybe it's another series. You talk about this while yeah, I Yeah, it's a TV movie, a long TV movie for a very long book. I think it was like four two-hour episodes. Uh, oh, that's not a TV movie. Mini-series, really. Yeah. Mini-series. Uh, had uh, Gary Sinise. Oh, wow. So 80s. Was yeah. it 90s? Uh, well, early uh, mid nineties, something like that. Okay, I, I right. would have said. Yeah. Um, the principle of it is that some kind of, uh, I think, government created uh, deadly, deadly, deadly virus escapes from a lab. Yeah. Um, and finds its way all across the world, particularly all across America. Um, the the authorities struggle to deal with it. They they. There's lots of burning of bodies and, and this, that, and the other. But ultimately, they fail to deal with it. However, well, which course causes the entirety of humanity to collapse. However, some people survive because they have a natural immunity to it. That's, that's various experiments done on them, but they can't work out why. And they survive. Gary Sinise is one of these people that survive. Apparently, Molly uh, Ringwald, Rob Lowe. Yeah, Rob Lowe. Laura San Giacomo, who I think is the girl who plays... The friend of Julia Roberts yeah. in um, yeah. Pretty Woman. That's what I know her from. Um, and eventually, eventually, the, these various survivors of this catastrophe yeah. form into two distinct camps that can broadly be uh, characterised as good and evil. Uh, the good camp, which I think is 
It's Rob Lowe evil. Tell me no, he's good. Lowe. He's good. He's Rob Boo. Lowe. Um, I can't remember where that is. It's somewhere, somewhere maybe in Colorado, somewhere like that. Um, uh, I can uh, tell you. And they are led by Mother Abigail, oh dear. who is just a good preacher. The other camp, led by um, that long-held uh, Stephen King... And, uh, in Colorado. That long-held uh, Stephen King antagonist, uh, Randall Flagg, uh, hold up in uh, Las Vegas. Played by Matthew McConaughey in... Yeah. Um, um, Rand- Randall Flagg is, a, is, a, is sort of one of those recurring characters in various Stephen King mm. films. He's, he's supposed to be some kind of funky sorcerer, I believe. Um, but in this, he's effectively sort of like death in this particular in the stand. Okay. Um, and it plays out with these two factions of humanity effectively fighting against each other, with Randall Flagg trying to wipe out the other one and Mother Abigail trying to survive and, and so on. Uh, and eventually the, the good people do, do survive, but not without cost. A lot of them have to die in the process um, just to wipe out Las Vegas, which is, of course, Sin City, as it were. Um, I suppose the point here is that it, it's a viral strain which wipes out everybody that it touches except some people that just have a natural immunity to it. And then really what it's about is what happens to humanity after that, um, to the survivors, the complete rebirth of society. How many people die then? Sorry, oh, how like is it? vast, like, I, I, I don't know the exact number, but like 99.9. Oh my God, so there's so few people. So there's people. very, very few people that survive. It's a little bit like the road. It's got religious elements to it as well because yeah. one of the, one of the characters is this girl who starts off in the good camp but winds up in the in the is ba- that Molly in Ringwald? The, in the, no, ah. and winds up in the bad camp, um, and she is been sort of betrothed to, to Randall Flagg to bear his child. Oh, there's a sort of leave. devil uh, devil's yeah. child element to it, so there's lots of religious things going on yeah. with it as well. Um, but it's it, it's fascinating to examine what happens to humanity after. You know, after the, the, a genuine viral apocalypse. And then what does happen? The good guys win uh, in the end. They blow up Las Vegas in the end. Okay. Uh, with a nuclear device, which Randall Flagg had intended to launch on the good guys. Oh, this but, is a natural yeah. um, a segue from Andromeda um, Strain. This is when someone used a nuke. But, uh, again, quite a lot of them die in the process, um, as I recall. I think Rob Lowe dies. So Randall Flagg dies, the source. To the extent that he can, I, I guess. Yeah, and then and then at the end, what they're free to live their life. Yeah, they're the free goodies. to live their, their happy in the mountains in in Colorado, you know, with a giant nuclear bomb over in Vegas. Um, and it's that fine. sounds like Stephen and King doesn't like Vegas. He's um, not a gambler. Well, I think he deliberately picked two places that are on opposite sides of the Rocky Mountains, so he picked two places. Oh, right. okay. that are so, the natural barrier between them. One. And two, one of them's kind of nice and pleasant, and the other one's kind of evil, as it were, right. as it stands right now. Um, although, personally, I wouldn't mind hanging out in Vegas. It'd be all right, wouldn't it? The end of the world. Well, yeah, and then you get nuked. I'd like to hang out in Vegas and then leave. You could have just hang out in Los Angeles or, or New York. Yeah. I mean, nowhere near Okay, it. so this genre is... Well, it's your classic viral, viral, destroy, viral epidemic destroys the world, isn't it? Yeah, but it sounds to me that we need to use the word supernatural. Because even though you're saying it was created by humans, yes. yeah, by the government, as yes. a bio-weapon. Some sort of bio-weapon that, that yeah. gets accidentally unleashed. Right. But when all this destruction happens, this lets, knowing what I know about Stephen King, this lets some kind of underground, weird, spiritual... Being, well, well, Stephen get King, in the heads well, Stephen King of... is a, a horror writer, therefore supernatural elements are always going to form part of his story. It's not going to be just 
entirely based on science. Oh, no, you can have a horror. I'm sure... Well, if you look at something... Well, maybe that's not horror, but if you look at something like Shawshank or... You know, Stephen King can write about horrible things that aren't caused by the supernatural. Well, yeah, I think certain things... Certain Stephen King yeah. things, Shawshank being one of them, is are, are just based more in reality and just stories than anything else. But the classic Stephen King, the classic horror Stephen King, yeah, is essentially based around supernatural. Something spooky, and very often the thing never gets properly destroyed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I, I think what it says is what, what it's really saying is we're going to exterminate ninety nine point nine percent of humanity, and the remainder are going to fight it out for in a sort of like good versus evil battle. Yeah, but that was an accident, the 99% dying. Yeah, in theory, in yeah. theory, yeah. Okay, do you recommend this 94 mini series? I mean, I mean, it's... Eight hours of my life? Uh... I've got them maybe free at the moment. When I first saw it, I, I actually thought it was okay. Um, I, I don't know now. If I, Did if you I... see it in 1994? Well, well, here's the thing. There was quite a big, there's been quite a big thing for made-for-TV Stephen King movies, yeah. like... Salem's Lot, the original Salem's Lot was made for TV. Um, it, the original It with um, you yeah. know, Tim Curry was made for TV. Uh, there's also a version of The Shining made for TV. But, and Which that, Stephen King likes more. Likes more and I haven't seen, but I can guarantee I won't like Yeah, more. exactly. And if I'm comparing Stanley Kubrick to the made for TV version, yeah, there's no competition there. Yeah, I just, I don't want to get too much into that because that's not really what we're supposed to be talking about. But um, I see both sides of that. Mm. I think The Shining is a brilliant film. But I think if I wrote a book in a certain way and someone adapted it into something which is nothing like what I intended, I'd be cheesed off. I think, I especially think, if they made something better. Well, I think. I Although think, I like that The Shining is a book I've read and I really like the well, book. Well, I think The Stand doesn't lend itself to a singular film, much like when they when they the, you know the recent release of It is is easily a two film uh, production. The Stand is, I'd also say, is a minimum two-film production. Quite long as well. Each well, it says here, this is Wikipedia, a 10-hour limited series was ordered by CBS to be broadcast on CBS All Access. But I don't believe that has broadcast yet. Mm, because I think I would have found that out. Don't so know. it sounds as if it might be... Look, it's eight hours of your life that you won't it's get It's been back. filmed because it talks about Whoopi Goldberg and Amber Heard being oh, right. in it. Oh, Whoopi Goldberg, she'll be uh, Mother Abigail. Right, okay. She's bound to be. Well, I'm just having a little... Um, Upcoming miniseries, lol. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 2020. Uh, okay. But it's still, it's still, I mean, like, like if you've it's got, if you've got eight it's... hours to kill, I would, I would strongly suggest, uh, you know... Series watch, premiere 2020. I, I would strongly suggest, like, to watch The Stand if you... If you want to watch apocalyptic films. Anyway, I, I would like to hear from someone, maybe in America, who can tell me whether... Um, it's gone live because it doesn't look like it to me. It looks like it's been filmed. Mm. It's been a while, to be fair, since the last stand. Ten hour, ten one hour, I'm guessing versus which eight. Will, uh, which would put it about, about the same. Yeah. yeah, about the same length. I'd watch that if it does come out and it comes to the UK. I think the thing about the miniseries, the original miniseries, you could actually, if you were inclined, just sit down and watch the whole damn thing. Um, I suppose you could do that with ten one hours, couldn't you? It was all released at the same time. Well, that's time. what people are doing now. Box set-tastic. Yeah. Okay, so the lesson to be learned from the stand? Don't, good, good, don't live in Las Vegas. <laughs> Goodwill triumph over evil yeah, eventually. At, at, its heart, at its heart, it's a good versus evil story. Yeah. Um, that just happens to have been hastened by a viral pandemic. That's all it is. Um, Tell that to the 99% of people who died. Yeah, yeah. And obviously there is there is a... 
as you would expect in that, a breakdown of, human, a breakdown of all social order and everything else. But it's really, the, the lesson is, what happens in the after, what happens next? That, that, that's, that's the sort of... Okay, that's a good lesson. So these governments from the Andromeda strain who apparently prepared, they better be prepared for what happens next. So this is about universal basic income yeah. and bailing out businesses and freelancers. Okay, I like it. I've, I've, I've moved it back to coronavirus. <laughs> you moved it back. Nice one. Yeah. So, I suppose you'd have to ask yourself, if there was a complete breakdown of absolutely everything, yes. how would society start again? What would they do? Yeah. Okay, so we've got two... Yeah, what, what would society do? Fight it out, good versus bad? Well, maybe. Um, yeah. It certainly wouldn't be everyone at peace and, yeah. and getting on. Um, yeah, we have to... Well, yeah, which we're already mm. discovering during yeah. this pandemic. Right. Hello there, this is Ray Flowers on Speak Your Peace. And I guess this morning there's only one topic of conversation. You can call it the super flu or by its West Coast name, Captain Trips, but it means the same thing either way. There have been some horror stories about the Army clamping down on everything. The Army? Just be patient with me. Remember, I'm running the show all by myself. Everyone else called in sick. The numbers are the same as always, though. 555-TALK and 555-CHAT. So let's go. Hello there, this is Ray Flowers, and it's time to speak your piece. I'm calling from Portsmouth, Ray. What's your name, Portsmouth? Leonora. <coughs> Listen, Ray, I just want everyone to know that there are soldiers burning bodies across the state line in Kittery. Also, my, my little girl died this morning. I guess she's with Jesus now. <laughs> sorry as hell, Leonora. Ray, I think the soldiers did it. I think they made a bug that's, that's like killing people. That wouldn't be very American now, would it? No, I guess not. Um, so I've got two more now. One is a film I haven't seen, but kind of segues on from The Stand, which is Outbreak, which is always about... <laughs> well, I may have seen some of it, but great, I certainly don't film. remember much about it. I think the CDC has seemed really sexy. Yeah, the well, if you say CDC. so in, like, yellow outfits or what That's have sexy. you. sexy. Sexy CDC in yellow sexy outfits. Sexy CDC. Okay, do you want to talk about Outbreak? Plot. Yes. Um, Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, it's um, it's about a a a, a, a vi- I think it's a naturally occurring lethal uh, virus that occurs somewhere in Africa, and a shady government agency isolates it mm-hmm. for biological warfare. It then gets accident years later, like decades later, mm-hmm. it then gets accidentally released, or or uh, well, I think what happens is it, it it's a monkey that accidentally spreads it. From yeah. its natural That's habitat. That's what I remember. Dustin Hoffman, um, monkey. Into a small American... Hazmat suit. Into a small American town. Yeah. Um, and so in come... I think he's the CDC. Probably is. Um, I don't know why it, you're obsessed with them. I don't know. I keep yeah. saying them. They're on my mind. <laughs> uh, so in, in they come, which is Dustin Hoffman, Rene Rousseau, Kevin Spacey, uh, Morgan Freeman. Oh, uh, there's, there's a virus uh, right Cuba, there. Cuba Gooding Jr. as well. who's the, the new guy on the block, you know, young kid. Show me the monkey. Yeah. Boom. And they start isolating the town and they start doing tests and they discover the virus is lethal and it kills people very, very quickly. I could have told them that. Yeah. And the whole plot unfolds into... There are two possible solutions um, to what they can do. They can either um, 
essentially nuke the town. It's not quite a nuclear weapon, but it's a, it's it's near enough a nuclear weapon right. that will basically vaporise the entire town. This, and kill this the seems virus. like an that's, option that's that option, governments that's, like to choose. That's one option, one which Donald Sutherland is very into. Right. Because his his sort of part in the plot so is he wants yeah. to protect the virus because it's a biological weapon. So people called uh, Donald shouldn't be trusted to make decisions well, about viruses. One possible. One possible. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the other one, which is the good way of doing it, is yeah. that they need to find the host. It's a, it's a word. It's a phrase they keep using to find that host. Got to find the host. Host right. being the monkey. Um, and apparently, if why? They, if they and apparently yeah. if they find the host, they can create a vaccine instantly yeah. and vaccinate everyone in the town, and that's that. Uh, I don't know how believable that really is. It's, a, it's really uh, it's a lot of drama. There's a lot of helicopters flying around, being shot at. And you think, wow, is this really what it would be like? Is this what coronavirus is going to be like? But who knows? So this is like this could have been Wuhan. Uh, is this one way of looking at it? Possibly. It's a small town, so you're talking about a few thousand. Okay, people. fine. All right, sorry, um, not Wuhan. That's that, a big that, city. By the way, that by the way, I think is significant because obviously, if this was to explode at a, na- a nationwide level or, yeah. or an international level, then clearly. You've got a different plot on your on your hands. So the whole <laughs> thing is that it's going to be completely isolated to this town. Therefore, the death toll is only ever going to be at worst that town, and life is going to carry on outside the town. I, I still don't understand. Is there such a thing as like a baby nuke? Then I always think if you nuke something, you're fucking it up. Like everywhere. yeah, it's not quite a nuke. It's, it doesn't have radioactive fallout. It has something else. But so it's it, a missile. It, it sort of vaporizes the town. That's what it does. Right. Uh, so it doesn't leave a sort of radiation behind. But everyone, every living thing in the town, you know, whether so, human or animal or plant, would yeah, die. Yeah, would die. So is the is the film about an ethical dilemma then? As in, is it like saving? Because this is where it relates to what's happening right now. Saving a few people versus the alternative might be saving the whole world if they well potentially yeah. um, versus well yes there's that there's also there's the don't trust governments because they you know for all the, the good they did in the Andromeda stream they're secretly <laughs> hiding these viral these deadly biological viruses right um, yeah. so there's that element to it of course um, and you know just because it's a they try to make it a slightly feel-good, happy-ending movie, then the, the, the correct solution is everyone gets better in the end because they create a vaccine. Uh, I don't know how realistic that is. So they, get, they find the monkey, then? They do find the monkey. They find the monkey. Oh, that's made me happy. And yeah. they, don't, they don't do the town. Um, you, you sort of have to suspend your disbelief about how they find the monkey, but it's Dustin Hoffman. If anyone can find a monkey, Dustin Hoffman <laughs> can find a monkey. Like that, I'm sure of it. And if that monkey's bad, do they spank the monkey? Um, he never spanked the monkey in that film. <laughs> okay, right. What's the moral of this film? Don't trust people called Donald. Uh, don't don't try go for the nuclear solution first. Well, which I, seems to be the moral yeah, in any I mean, film I mean, ever made. I think the point is to is to illustrate just how ill prepared. Um, Western society is for a deadly viral outbreak. Yeah, that it created itself, mm. right? Yeah. Uh, so that's the don't trust governments bit. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, they didn't. Don't no, make biological was, weapons. I mean, no, well, it was naturally occurring. Um, but then I think it gets turned into, isn't it? But that the they point? they they keep they keep a I don't know a sample of it for for biological warfare, and hence that creates and a that's sort how of moral the moral dilemma about governments right, wanting okay. to keep it because. Yes. But but it is still naturally occurring. But the key is yeah. there are. There's, there's a very early scene where there's a, a, an outbreak in Africa, absolutely deadly, killing all those people. And they do nuke that particular town. Right. But, um, but when it's white but, people, but when it's white in, the people US, in the US, yeah. well, hang on a minute, we're not going to do that. Yeah. So, again, it, it, it's, 
I think what it's illustrating is the fragility of Western society to handle this. Yeah. You're absolutely right in the sense that when I was looking at a lot of these films, and, you know, this is probably our bias at work, um, I haven't picked anything that's set anywhere other than the Western world. And there aren't that many characters in these films. You know, it's always great to have Morgan Freeman, but he shouldn't have to represent the whole people of colour communities, should he? So, um, I do recall Outbreak at the time becoming um, quite a talked about film. It created a bit of a, it hit hit a pulse with people because there hadn't really been a film quite like it up to that point, I don't believe. I'm sure it did very well. Yeah, I think it it did. I'm pretty sure it did brilliantly, actually. Uh, I didn't go and see it. And I I can remember there being, uh, you know, quite a big debate going on at the time about how prepared Western society really was for this kind of thing. Directed by Wolfgang Peterson. He's quite famous, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He did, uh, uh, didn't he do uh, Three Kings, did he? No, he didn't do Three Kings. That, no, Three Kings, oh, wasn't that Sam Mendes? No, that's Jarhead. Yeah. He did The NeverEnding Story. He uh, did Air Force One. Perfect Storm, didn't he? Yeah, he did, Storm? but I haven't yeah. seen that film either. Oh, yeah. Um, I wanted to look like George Clooney. He did that. Das Boot. Wow. That's probably why he became famous. Um, it cost fifty million. It made a hundred and ninety million. Pretty good. So yeah, the four times your budget seems to work quite well for these. Yeah. Um, okay, so we had a lot of lessons to teach us. I mean, if, if you're talking, if you if you were saying right now, give me your quintessential viral outbreak film, that, then outbreak would, would be it, really. Well, no, Contagion is the quintessential. Yeah, maybe for the for, for the for modern the, for, for the modern for, audience for, for for coronavirus. It it it's almost like happens in the same way and people behave in the same way. Mm. I didn't want to talk too much about it because I've just heard loads of people talking about contagion. And so I kind of wanted to bring this in something a bit different, but um, everyone's watching it at the moment. Anyway, it's one of the most popular films out there on Netflix, I think, or yeah, I think they, um, or prime somewhere where they're saying people are watching it. But um, I watched it only recently. Well, three years ago, two years ago. And I was like, oh, it's a Steven Soderbergh that I haven't seen. And I don't know why. Because I saw side effects at the cinema. And that was around that time. Um, and I just love the film. I really like it. But I don't want to watch it again right now. Because as clever as it is, it is absolutely frighteningly prescient of what happened. And... The way that, like, you know, basically, spoiler alert, Gwyneth Paltrow is patient zero in this, and she's cheating on her husband, who I think is Matt Damon, um, uh, which is some kind of weird, um, talented Mr. Ripley thing. Um, uh, um, It's just all about how this can transfer via airplanes um and um people not social distancing and then what happens and how the cdc and also various european people because it's got um marianne cotillard and kate yeah, winslet in yeah. it as well as various things and um uh it's just a really very very well made how, how film. deadly is the contagion how, how... And people do, more people die than have died from coronavirus right yeah it kills a lot of people I don't know, I can't remember how what percentage of people, but it's through it. What's interesting about Contagion is that it's the only film I can think of which is working through the virus in the same way that we are living through coronavirus. Mm. Different places are getting it and they're going into lockdowns and people start acting yeah. crazy. And Jude Law starts, Jude Law's a journalist who, or like a kind of like freelance journalist who's got a story and wants to try and 
profit from it, but also he's trying to tell the truth and no one's listening to him, and that's kind of like some of the he's doctors the, in Wuhan. Well, he's the Alex Jones of the of the of the situation. Sort of, yeah, except he's right. I don't know if the Alex Jones sort is of. ever well, right. Well, sort of. He was but, telling the truth. But but well, he was trying to sell wasn't he, yeah. a particular yeah. treatment to get rich off of it. No, 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 that's what happens later on. At the beginning, he's just he's talking about this and no one believes him and he gets sacked and he hasn't got any work, which is very prescient for these times. <laughs> and then and then he gets into, he's, he's, he's just walking around with this, hasn't he got, he's one of these people with a shopping cart and he walks around with those and he hasn't got anywhere to live and doesn't see anyone and then he starts to try and profit from it. Yeah. So when I first watched that film, I actually found him ridiculous his character and the arc of his character ridiculous and now i'm like no he is representative of many factions currently in the world yeah. and it's just a it's just a very clever film and it just scares me how accurate it is so yeah. um what i would say is the lesson to be learned is contagion was made in 2011 i think something like that i think so yeah i'm gonna i'm just gonna quickly have a look what films have also been made that we need to start paying attention to because they are immensely predictive. Uh, Transformers? <laughs> yeah, it was made in 2011. Nine years later, practically all the events that um, Scott C. Burns, who wrote it, who's very good, um, and Steven Soderbergh filmed, basically happened. It's just, I'm still just in shock as to how that film has predicted so much. Okay, let's move on. Yeah. Now... Now I'm like... Calm down, <gasps> calm down. <laughs> Long comes this doctor. Ah, ah, ah. Semmelweiss. Semmelweiss. Semmelweiss comes along. He's trying to convince people, well, other doctors mainly, that there are these teeny tiny invisible bad things called germs that get into your body and make you sick. Huh? He's trying to get doctors to wash their hands. What is this guy? Crazy? Teeny tiny invisible, what do you call uh, uh, Germs? Huh? What? Now... Cut to the 20th century, huh? Last week, as a matter of fact, right before I dragged into this hellhole. I go in, I order a burger in this fast food joint. The guy, he drops it on the floor. Jim, he picks it up, he wipes it off, he hands it to me like it was all okay. What about the germs, I say? He says, I don't believe in germs. Germs are just a plot they made up so they can sell you disinfectants and soaps. Now, he's crazy, right? See? about 12 monkeys because <laughs> you were telling me about how it's based on something else La Jete, isn't it yeah so um how confident are you to give a summary of well, 12 well, monkeys do you want to talk about La Jete? Well, La Jete is, is yeah. just a i think it's quite short it's like 40 minutes or something yeah. like that um it's well i mean I'll, I'll tell you about 12 monkeys but i'll tell you what's what's distinct about La Jete is, mm -hmm. is it is a film that's entirely based on Photographs, I think. Isn't it just moving images? Like it's like a Terence Davis film or something. I think, it's I just, think from memory, it yeah. is images of the trenches of World War One. Right. Um, and so, you know, what you do, you 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 get a camera on it. You you've got the the image, the still, the photograph, and you just sort of slowly zoom the camera or or pan it across. Yeah. Uh, and then the whole thing is told in sort of voiceover. Well, this feels like a film I could make. Um, uh, so it's much something that's quite an ingenious way of doing a film, which you don't actually have to create any footage. No. Well, you, you are doing, you're filming, you're filming a photograph, yeah. that's all you're doing. And out of that comes an entire story. It's basically the same as 12 Monkeys, which the plot of which is that in the future, a deadly virus 
um, destroys mankind, uh, well, most of mankind, yeah. the survivors can only survive by going underground. It's something to do with animals, isn't it? Yeah. Well, but there's a point being that it only affects humans. Right, okay. Therefore, the animals run wild. They're, they're, therefore, the yeah. animals sort of inherit the earth, so to speak. Yeah, um, as they should. Um, and, very, and these people underground are trying to figure out what caused the virus because they also have the ability to send Bruce Willis back in time. Yeah, he's a prisoner. Yeah. And there are various people who... Like yeah, are prisoners and therefore do what they're told. And one of the yeah. things they can be is take it is yeah. sent back to a very particular. But yeah. I think he gets sent to different places. But he's supposed well, to get he, sent to one. They conclude. To... They conclude that it's yeah. it's some kind of terrorist organization called yes. the Army of the Twelve Monkeys. Yes. So they send Bruce Willis back to track down what this terrorist organization is. Yes. Uh, and to stop the the viral outbreak from occurring in the first place. And as it transpires, it's slightly more complicated than than. than well, they and. His time travel, in effect, puts some of the events into motion. Yeah, it's a it little does. bit interstellar in yeah, the sense it, it, that it's like circular. Yeah, it all kind of reflects, doesn't yes. it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Brad Pitt is in his typical crazy mode. Where yeah. he, um, and, he's, he's a member of yeah, 12 and, and in fact, he turns out to be one of the critical people in, in the whole thing. But, but he's in the loony bin. But as, it, as, it, turn, as it turns out, PC phrase. Tw- as it turns out, the Armageddon Monkeys, as I recall, didn't have actually a lot to do with uh, No, they were, um, I think that's, yeah, they as, were mischaracterised. So, so, so they got it all wrong yes. and, and, and as it turns out, this is going to be the fate of humanity. Well, I think he's the son of a scientist, isn't he, or something? Uh, well, He's well, got some relation to well, it. Well, he's, he's in a... Institution, uh, yeah, but I mean, as in, because he is generally crazy in that film. Um, yes, but also, just having someone who is mentally impaired is, does not a plot make. No. I think he's connected to. No, true. Uh, yeah, true. Um, That's why I remember. So yeah, there's there's a, there's a time travel element to it, um, and it it goes round and round. Yeah. Ultimately, though, the fate of humanity is is decided, and they are all going to have to live underground and potentially die. I suppose in the end. It's got that kind of. It's directed by Terry Gilliam. It's got that particularly kind of bleak, weird bleakness about it, a la Brazil or something like that, where where people don't act normally or or dress normally. They act weird and dress weird. It's all a bit Big Brother. Yeah. But I've got a question for you. What has that got to do with Legete? Um, Legete is basically the same story. Oh, is it? So the story that's told in these pictures of people time travelling back to stop it. Oh, wow. I think I want to watch this film now. And keep in mind that it's just World War... I think... Don't quote me on this, but I think it's... Picture, it's actually pictures, about World pictures, War Two. Pi- oh. No, it's just pictures of uh, pictures taken in the trenches of World War One. That's all it is. But the voiceover, but the tells, voiceover the story. tells the time travel story. And right. Else. And another part of Twelve Monkeys I know is the Cassandra complex, um, which a little bit relates to things in this modern day, which is that someone knows the future and can work out what's happening, and no one else believes them. Yeah. And I think that's what happens to Bruce Willis's. Character, yeah. which I think Cassandra is an ancient Greek, isn't it? Yeah. Where she's like, you will, you will know everything that can happen, but no one will ever believe what you have to say. And I think again, that goes to yeah. a lot of people who were soothsayers about coronavirus, and nobody believed them. Yeah. And in fact, I'm not even sure we kind of believed the seriousness of things a month ago. Uh, yeah, well, things yeah. Ra- things move very rapidly, don't yeah. they? That's the thing. I remember um, people were talking about what was happening in Wuhan, and it felt very, very far away. And I thought, oh, that's really sad. Those people can't go out, but it's not going to affect me. How naive. Yeah. So, lessons to be learned. Don't be stupid and naive like me. Um, stay in, wash your hands, <laughs> social distance, flatten the curve. 
be kind. Um, so in this film, some things can't be stopped, or or the 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 choices you make. Wow, so far the pandemics we're not getting any good lessons. No, it's just no, depressing. No. Well, in this give give the, me a good the, lesson. The, the, that the, we vi- learn. the, the virus is also it, it just sort of infects the surface of the earth to such an extent that you can't go out. So it's not like it's it's not like it's passing between people. It, the, your 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 very presence on the surface of the earth is going to make is going to infect you. and You're probably going to die. So, uh, yeah. Well, coronavirus has just been found in cats, hasn't it? Well, there was a cat. There was wasn't a there? cat that apparently had coronavirus. So I feel quite bad about. I feel bad about that cat. That's for sure. Because might I've be heard right. dogs can't it might be get it. Asymptomatic. We don't know. Catonavirus. Um. So in that film, yeah, I suppose the lesson is going back to the mother nature point. When humans leave the earth, the animals are going to inherit it again, yeah. I suppose. Just because humanity's been wiped out doesn't mean that the earth disappears. Well, again, it, I'd, I'd say if there's a message, and it's, it's a common message in all of these films, it's the, the fragility of, of humans against this kind of thing. It's, oh, not something, it's not something that you can easily fight. Um, and hence, humans may survive. They, they sort of do in 12 Monkeys, although what kind of existence they really have is, is debatable. Uh, but there is They're all n- underground, but, yeah. But every attempt that they make, including time travel, to stop it from happening, it fails. Won't stop it, yeah. yeah. Okay, so the lesson is follow the guidelines that the government and other people are setting out. And what? Where'd you get that? Because I'm saying we're fragile. We're fragile. And so don't go out and have a party with 30 people. Right. Because you're more fragile than you realise. Well, okay, okay. Um, I have to say, I did not get follow the authorities when I watched no, uh, as a message from 12 Monkeys. No, not the medical guidelines. I don't know. Keep, stay safe. Hmm. I don't know. Bio, I say wear a biohazard suit okay, is right, probably the, the lesson you should learn. Yeah, create your own hazmat suit. Mm. Okay. Um, even time travel can't stop it. So enjoy the nap. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Clutching their straws in these yeah. pandemic films. So in the end, so in the end, what happens? They all still get wiped out. Yeah, right. Um, as it, wow, it, it's, it's, allu- it's alluded to in a in a scene at the very end, and then you find out that the actual spread of the virus had nothing to do with the army of the twelve monkeys at all. Okay, hang on. Right. So here's a lesson. Then don't blame the wrong people. <laughs> Because isn't that what people are doing? They're saying, oh, it's, it's Chinese people's thoughts. That's what Donald Trump is saying as well. So, okay. so there you go. Yeah, yeah. So get your facts straight. Uh, and I... there's another virus, and that is spreading gossip. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm not sure any... I'm not sure I watched 12 Monkeys and got any of these messages. <laughs> okay, moving on. So we talk about... We haven't even touched on zombies yet. Oh, so, God, yeah. yeah. And nor, nor should you touch <laughs> I shouldn't touch bite anyone. Your bite your brain. Zombie. Don't know. I'm willing to go with, I think 28 Days Later was first. So Possibly. let's talk about that. Well, we alluded to it before. Yes, uh, a in, long, in long our, time ago. In our ago. discussion with Day of the Truth is... Which <laughs> Many is moons ago. Only in as much as the, there's that scene at the very beginning of 28 Days Later where the guy wakes up. Um... And I can tell you as a person who lives in London, I haven't been across that bridge recently, but I have been across other bridges, <laughs> and I can tell you that it looks like that. I'm not in my scrubs. I'm not in my medical scrubs. <laughs> Just, just um, yelling my out, my yelling out for people. My rapidly getting like that. I haven't got like a, I might chop off half my hair. But certainly I have found it like equally fascinating and worrying how I've walked out into the streets of London and they've been quite dead. Yeah. 
Um, so what Danny Boyle had to go through to film that, he, if he wanted to make um, 28 years later, probably, yeah, if he wanted to make 28 years later, because 28 weeks later, I saw that cinema, it was okay. Do you know it what? It was no 28 days it was, later. It wasn't, but I, I'll say this, just on, as a slight segue. <laughs> the first 10, 15 minutes of 28 weeks later yeah. with uh, Robert Carlyle and, and the, the house and the boat, that was brilliant. Yeah. That was a great setup. They didn't know how and to they end didn't, it. And they just didn't follow it up. I thought, yeah. I thought this is going to be a good film. Yeah. I don't anyway. think it was a bad yeah. film. I don't think, but the thing is, when you're following 28 Days Later, which is kind of seminal in terms of the modern zombie film. Um, okay, yes. Yeah, so, 28 Days Later, mm. do we know... I cannot remember what the... That's a film I'd like to see again. I've seen it more than once, but I haven't seen it in a while. I feel like I could deal with that what, more than I could contain. I don't know what causes it. I do remember animals biting humans. Animals that have been experimented on. Animals get on. it. So that's the difference we've already been, established been ex- with 12 months. But they've been experimented on by humans. Right, I'm going to check uh, the plot then. Uh, the virus is called Rage. Yes. Um, it's, it's kind of this mishmash of, of like... And I quite like this. It, it, sort of, it, it nicely bridges the gap between sort of science and horror in a way. Because... Yes, there is a part, I would like to warn listeners, if they have yeah. never seen this film, there is a part in this film which I have never actually seen, and because every time it's just about to happen, I close my eyes, and it's graphic, and I think it involves, ready for this, ripping out eyeballs or stabbing eyeballs. There's a horrible oh. thing with someone punching out someone's eyeballs. Oh. I'm so sorry to anyone listening yeah. to this. I'm feeling sick just saying it. Well... But that is, to me, the most horrific thing that happens in 28 uh, Days Later, and I am still scarred 20, <laughs> 28 months, 20, years, yeah, 28 uh, periods later. later. Um, 28 periods later. <laughs> yeah, um, let's um, not go into that. Yeah, right. Um, a highly contagious, rage-inducing virus is unleashed in Great Britain after a group of animal liberation activists attempt to free chimpanzees infected with the virus in Cambridge, spreading quickly among the populace and resulting in societal collapse. Okay, so this is perfect. Twelve monkeys, they're blaming the wrong people. They're just in the wrong film. Yeah. <laughs> it's the right people. It is animal activists. It was activists. This is crazy. I can't believe how... Yeah, so in 12... 12 not activists, 28 activists. So someone in a Cambridge lab was experimenting. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean they were creating a bio-weapon. Who knows what they were doing. Yeah. Okay, right. Probably shouldn't Keep have been, going. Probably shouldn't have been doing it. Um, is this the first time you ever saw um, Killian Murphy? I think it might be for me. Maybe. No, I can't remember. Tell yeah. you the truth. Um, yeah. So, so he is our protagonist. So, and he... So the, the point... So he... I think he's involved in a bike accident, isn't he? Or something like that. and Which puts him in hospital unconscious. Yes, and he's and, had brain surgery, yeah. which is why he has that shaved head. Um, so all of... So the, the virus, this rage virus, spreads throughout, spreads throughout the whole of the UK mm-hmm. um, and, and kills like, the majority of people. It turns them into these sort of blood-vomiting, super-quick zombies. It was the first film that had fast, fast zombies, zombies uh, which is a very scary concept. I think that, that we'll get to that. So when there's a lesson to be learned, yeah. go on. Um, so when he, so he wakes up yeah. um, and everyone's gone. Um, and he spends the first sort of like twenty minutes of the film just wandering around London, you know, shouting for anybody. Home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he he wakes up and there's no one there. Yeah. And then slowly but surely he encounters the odd survivor and he encounters these creatures and, and it gets explained to him by the survivors. Look, this is what happened while you were asleep. This mm-hmm. giant virus took over. 
Um, they eventually, I think, hold up. It must wipe out so many people. Yeah. Though. Well, if, is it just in the UK? If, if the only whole because, point of twenty-eight weeks later. Well, well, is it well in, oh, come no, on, come okay. to that. Um, so the, the whole the, the, the whole point here is that it, it spreads by people just attacking other people because that's called rage. It turns you into this killer zombie, and then you mm-hmm. go and spray blood on somebody else, and then they get it, and they get it, and get it. So you know that that's the sort of yes. way it spreads. The, Delightful. Um, they eventually sort of hole up with this um, elderly chap and his daughter in this um, high-rise in London for a bit, but then realise they're going to have to leave, and they are attracted by a uh, radio message sent out from somewhere in Manchester by Christopher Eccleston and his and, and a band of... Uh, Mercenaries of the army? They're, they're army. Is this where they're, they're in this they're, house? They're, they're army. They're, they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're holed up in a, sort of a yeah. mansion house somewhere yeah. in Manchester. So they, they go up there thinking that's going to be safe. And for all, you know, by appearances, it is. Um, they have it under control, no problem. But as you as you always find with these films, and as I always say, that the real threat lies in humans, not in zombies. And they ah, turn out to have a uh, lesson. nefarious um, motives for inviting them there. Um, and ultimately, Killian Murphy is forced to go a bit crazy in order to... Uh, Save the day, so to speak, and that's where that eye gouging scene that you were referring to oh, occurs. Oh, don't talk about it again. But one of the one of the points that you just made before, yeah. which I think is a very interesting one, which is it is revealed quite late on that there was a simple solution for the world to deal with this outbreak in the UK, which is just to quarantine it. So the rest of the world Ooh. is carrying on as normal, um, and that 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 changes your perceptions yeah. because you realise all of a sudden from being just an apocalyptic horror and survivor and who's going to make it and who's not it turns into actually all you've got to do there is a way out you just got to get out of the uk somehow or other and then quarantine oh no sorry as in yeah yeah you will naturally then quarantine yeah, yeah. so um yeah um, it does have a good ending ultimately they do manage to escape um from the uh, the clutches of the squaddies i think they basically are aren't they um but then isn't there this is where i get confused between 28 days and 28 weeks isn't there then an epilogue? Is that not the epilogue of 28 Days? With the people rushing on Paris? Uh, I, or is that the start? I think that's the epilogue. I thought that was And 20, that's how 28 Weeks... I thought that was 28... No, I thought that was 28 Weeks. Okay, the the end of 28 Weeks. Alternate endings. Oh, there's alternate endings. Wow. Is that Choose Your Own Adventure? Another 28 Days Later, Jim recovers at a remote cottage while the infected are shown dying of starvation. Just before a Finnish fighter jet flies overhead, Jim, Selena and Hannah, I don't know who these people are, unfurl a huge cloth letter O, completing the word hello. The three survivors optimistically watch the jet, feeling fairly confident it spotted them. Um, Yeah. So it must be the start of... 28 what? weeks later, where you see... Or is that the end of 28? It's, it's the, the end. end of 28 weeks. I just end. remember very clearly Tw- 28, them, them raging towards 28, the awful 28 tower. weeks later, it starts off, or, or at least apart from that one scene we discussed with yeah. Robert Carlyle, it, the principle of it is, it is is that the UK is being rebuilt and repopulated, right. um, using London, the Isle of Dogs in particular, as, as a base. Um, and then it all kind of goes wrong. Okay, so... The lessons are... Fast zombies are scary. No, that's not the lesson for coronavirus. The lesson for coronavirus is the spread of a disease can be quicker than you think. Yeah. The second lesson... If someone tries to vomit blood on you... <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, but that's the co- it's coughing for 
COVID-19. Um, the second lesson is quarantines work. Yeah? Um, yeah. Quarantines also yeah, seem to work. Yes, to the extent that you've got an island. Because so, it's quite easy to quarantine an island. Yes, even a big one like this. Um, and the third one is that there are still good people. Even if many people succumb to a virus, there'll still be good people left. Or, I don't think that's really a lesson. Or the lesson that I always take from it, and I always take from these, oh, is no. that humans represent as big a threat as zombies do. So that's be the careful, real lesson. be careful about other humans in these scenarios. Yeah, you're right. The actual lesson is humanity is the real virus. If it was you and I, we'd have, I, I would be shooting first and asking questions later. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Human or zombie? Let me know how you get that yeah. done. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to think of that. Don't take anything that needs to be cooked, okay? I think you can eat that raw. Decaffeinated coffee. Put that back. Can't just take any crap. If I never see another chocolate bar again, it will be too soon. <gasps> Not counting Terry's chocolate orange, of course. There. Now, single malt, 16 year old. Dark, full flavour. Warmer, not aggressive. <laughs> Peaty aftertaste. Yeah. Takes out the fire but leaves in the warmth. Thank you so much for making it to the end of the second part of our bonus podcast episode, What These 15 Films Can Teach Us About Surviving a Pandemic. Hopefully this has helped and not hindered you surviving this current pandemic. I hope everyone is feeling good and staying safe. If you want to talk to us about the podcast or anything, please send us a tweet at beyond underscore Bechdel, B-E-C-H-D-E-L, or you can email us at beyond beck at gmail.com let us know what you want from the next podcast what we can do to help you stay safe watch movies till next time bye